Let's get on to talk about True Detective, Justin. We got a great email. We got an email. Now, I wanted to read this before the finale. And that's why I'm so glad that I'm talking to you, bro. Because Howard sent this in. And Howard is like a new superstar of feedback. And he sent a great email. Actually, Justin is going to read it. You want to start off with that? Uh, you know, you could, we, we had a slight malfunction with the screen share. Oh, so you're going to have to give me one minute here. Okay. Uh, well, I will say, yeah, hold on one second. Technical difficulties, technical difficulties. This happens in life, but I'll tell you one thing. Um, I didn't, I never got a chance to read DJ's DJ, Tim Hines email, and I'm not going to read it now. But I am going to thank him for sending it in. And <laughs> that makes it so much worse. You're like, I, I didn't have a chance to read it, and I have a moment now, and I'm still not going to read it. But I do want to thank I got, him. I got, a, I got a bust on DJ. <laughs> He's like, he texted me. He's like, yo, man, I worked on that email. DJ, I love you. You got a podcast, man. You could do a podcast about it. But I want to mention that. Coming to now, the end of this season, wanted, I have uh, this up on screen. Oh, okay, I didn't want all right. To put his personal information because he had, he had his phone number on there. So, oh, I didn't okay, want to put okay. That on the screen. All right. So, so I just want to say that, um, just to shout out DJ, uh, that he his comment, and I think you have echoed it too, Justin. That it this is going to be a fun email from Howard, and we're diving into like who killed him, who did it. But this has been such a great dramatic season of this show. And I'm just really happy about that. That just comes to mind when we start talking about it, that um, the mystery is so deep. And when we get an email like this from Howard and I'm like, wow, this really is so deep and it's so fun to think about the mystery, but it's like a show like Westworld where I'm so into the mystery and I wish there was more dramatic stuff and more consequence of character and emotion I feel like this uh, this season of True Detective, I'm so interested in like why Purple Haze got divorced or what happened with his marriage. You know what I mean? Like I'm as interested in that as I am in what the mystery of the murder is and what happened to the Julie. There's so many you know? levels to this. Look yeah. at the content that's being created. It's great. I, I just it's great watched stuff. the video last night that was from a conspiracy channel so you know uh, a channel that uh, akin to you know sometimes having videos about lizard people but this is how far these uh themes how bass uh the themes are you know this is how how much range it has we have you know the actual real life connections to uh the occult and you know these conspiracy theories with uh Arkansas and so forth, which is a pretty terrible place. Uh, it seems uh, in the past was not too legit. But you also have There's some like, good people the, in Arkansas. I've met some. Good we're not Arkansas. talking about the people. I'm saying a lot of shady stuff has has went down. There. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. People yeah, you have people learned. that do the criminology, <laughs> and then you have people that talk about the philosophy. And there's a yeah, lot of different levels yeah. to this show. And it's really not like I've said before about who done it. It's more about who these people are and who they are because of the tragedy. Who they are in it what they're looking to get out of life and how they get it, I think is a really addressed in this last episode. There's a few great lines that really are just right. Usually I'd have an issue with them being right on the nose, but I think it was necessary. Uh, Roland says to Hayes that, you know, like this shit isn't for you. I'm paraphrasing here to fix your life, you know, meaning like this job isn't like your therapy, this case, solving this case isn't going to fix your life. You know, like we see the, the difference in the way these characters approach uh, how, how they seek happiness. 
Yes. Uh, yep. It's, you know, solely uh, in the earlier year, years, depending on the outcome of this case and his hunting abilities to satisfy uh, this, you know, life that he hopes to have. And, and Roland, yeah, he wants to save, uh, actually solve the case excuse me, but he isn't like hinging his uh, happiness on it. And he does care about people that are involved in it, but is looking to help them outside of being a police officer, if that makes sense. Um, and you have Amelia who looks to, uh, she's ambitious. Yes. And she does get some fame and success off of this tragedy, but I, and I'd like your take on this. I don't think she's as evil as a person as we might've uh, been, um, you know, inclined to predict in the earlier episodes, but yeah. we we're we're seeing a showcase on how people approach, uh, you know, what a good life is and what happens to them because of this, and and what their goals and desires, um, how how they're really affected by the outcome of this case. It, it's not just about the outcome; it's about how is this outcome going to, uh, you know be the bookend for, for Hayes's uh, story, for Roland's story, for Amelia and so forth. That's, so if I, can, I, to I totally agree with the way you put it in that. I, f I see, yeah, I see that the frame um, from that perspective, right? Like I'm framing their lives and then this case is a story within it. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel a connection to their lives. Uh, and that's been amazing, man. I do want to note one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, before we get to the email, there's like one or two things that Howard mentions from some articles, um, that are out there. So just in case somebody is like a huge kind of, uh, spoiler phobe, there's actually only really one thing and I don't really think it's too big of a deal, but just cause I, I like to mention that, but I think Howard did his research here and this is a great email. Yeah. In statements by the, the creators, I don't, they are giving this to you. So yeah, I, don't, I usually I mean, stay this away is, from this is yeah. your podcast and all that. I don't see them as yeah. spoilers because they obviously think it's necessary for you to know it. They're telling vanity fair. True. That's, that's, I've always, I, I've kind of, I kind of go with, like a total purist, like the show is the show and that's it. No, even mm -hmm. behind the scenes videos, previews, any, like the show is it. And anything that's not the show is, could be considered a spoiler, but I don't get crazy mad. You know me, I'm not going to like get mad at somebody about it. I understand people have different opinions on it. It's just, you know, and I can't expect everyone to go along with my insane I Brett is uh knows he agrees with me on this. I'm I'm I, I get insane about it, you know. But then again, I'll probably end up watching all the Game of Thrones previews. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I love this. What are you gonna uh, do? Here. And it's a good. Uh, this is a good example of what we're talking about with the range of the themes here, because yeah. just I mean, yeah, I know you're gonna get into it right now, but we're gonna see he's touching on almost everything here. All right, so this is an email from Howard, and Howard, again, thank you so much for sending this in, brother. It seems that my tinfoil theories were not that far-fetched overall. They weren't. Clearly, the thing that happened is indeed Hayes and West murdering Harris James. That's in, that's in relation to that conversation they had on the porch. And we're about to find out exactly what Edward Hoyt said that shook up Wayne's world so much that he left the force and somehow got Amelia to abandon her plans for a book sequel. That's a good point. And how cool is it that Michael Rooker will be portraying Hoyt? 
I like that. I could t- could you tell it was him by the voice, or did you know already? Uh, a very very distinctive voice, but yeah. I I knew already. Okay. I don't know if I would have known, but I'm excited. I think he fits this uh, series. It's a good fit. It's a good cast. Cool, cool, man. All right, you want to pick a strong it? character? You know he's gonna. You know, obviously he's gonna be a a, a big deal and gonna play a huge role in clearing some of this up. But yeah, he is a, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, great actor and great voice. Do you mind picking up with clearly? Yeah, so clearly Julie was indeed referring to Ke- uh, D. A. Kennett in her call when she said, leave her alone. Dan O'Brien pretty much confirmed to Hayes and Wes that the other parties were looking for her. Um, And then he goes into a quote here. So quote, right now there are people trying to make sure that none of your questions can ever be answered. People who do not uh, renegotiate people. It was in people that it was in their best interest to make it look like Lucy OD'd. They're making sure of the truth of what happened vanishes from those uh, looking have a serious head uh, and those looking have a serious head start end quote there. I'm sorry. uh, There's some uh, subtext there. Unfortunately, um, they got to Dan before he could tell us anything else. So what he's uh, referring to here is the information that we get from a 1990s dreamboat Dan in the diner Mm -hmm. uh, living as living as creepy life and really implying very, very heavily that there are, very large and powerful forces mm-hmm. at play here. Uh, you know, very clear, you know, there's some subtext there, but yeah, blatantly asking for $7,000, I believe was his demand from them yeah. for this information as well. So that was kind of weird, but yeah, this, this is um, definitely becoming more and more clear that the Hoyts have a huge, huge role in the, the disappearance of Julie um, and possibly the death of Will. Uh, and I'd like to really emphasize that we can't really be sure yet that they were at the scene for the death of Will. We, we don't know exactly what happened there, but right. definitely we know that Julie was with the Hoyts, right, for a while. And that the Hoyts definitely have been actively trying to suppress information, mm-hmm. right, with Harris. And I think also that D.A. Kent... Um, when clear uh, in that phone call, when she also said that guy who's pretending to be my father, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, and I, and Howard in his last email had mentioned this, I believe as well, that she was probably talking about the DA, and that he's involved in this whole cover up, the rush to judgment both times, not really looking into. Other things like the cop who found Harris, right? The cop who yes. found the uh, su- supposed backpack, which was in perfect condition after a big fire. Um, yeah, it had just enough of that sweater. Yeah, ignoring all of those details and is probably being paid off by Hoyt or supported for candidacy by Hoyt. And he has something to do with that too. Um, so I think they did get to Dan too. That's a good point, Howard. Yeah. Uh, Howard's he's got a good grasp on this. And what we really have to always look at is who benefits, uh, when when we see these uh, crimes like Q Bono, you know, who benefits and who wanted a child, obviously, um, Isabella. So, you know, I, I wasn't the only person almost probably all the fandoms said that it was pretty clear that the person most likely to abduct a, a young 
girl was the Hoyts because yep. they were the ones that had lost the young girl. But we're not clear on the exact uh, circumstances of that yet. But there's definitely a uh, larger um, players here. So he goes on to talk about, uh, he goes, obviously, the role in, in Tom homosexual theory is a red herring. Um, he goes on to talk about how the creators have said as much in the recent interviews with Vanity Fair, uh, Joanna Robinson, and uh, um, noted on Instagram and confirmed there was no homosexual relationship between Roland and Tom. So they seem to really want to press that uh, with the fans. Yeah, so I didn't I, know I, it about any of this. That's interesting to me. Um, and uh, I thought that anyway, though, Howard. So that that's actually – that's okay confer- me confirming that going into this because I think that that was – it was a weird red herring and I just thought it was. And I thought it was actually done, though, pretty good in the writing. I think that well, where where does know? the desire for Roland's closeness to uh, Tom derive from is what we have to wonder because in, in, when we're seeing this play out uh, in a nonlinear fashion, it, it can be quite uh, shocking because it's thrust upon us. Right in the earlier episodes, we just right. see them pray together exactly. in that one scene. Yeah, so that, see that they're close. That yeah. puts it off our footing. Well, and that's f- what's so great about it. But you don't jump to their homosexuals, obviously. And I wouldn't ever recommend trying to pray away the gay. That's just the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. But it's an interesting aspect, and it's another uh, commentary on society here. Yeah, it, definitely. Uh, drops. But yeah, you have to wonder why Roland is taking such an active role in Tom's life. And you know, some people have the theory that he is partially to blame. And I don't subscribe to that, but I think there's validity to it because we have to think, why do people act the way they act? Uh, is he doing this because he feels bad? Because maybe mm. he, you know, because that, that's what lends some credence to this. I don't believe so. I believe it's just a good example of his approach to the job and his life, oh. how he's trying to help this case. He is trying to solve it. But like he says, like he tells Hayes, dude, I'm just trying to get you a paycheck. You're you know, I got you back on and, you know, in the nineties timeline, uh, this go home to your wife, you know, this case that like, he speaks to the chances being not great that this case gets solved. It will probably get solved. Hopefully it better, but you know, he's just speaking to the fact that you can't hinge your happiness, um, on, on this case, you know, because you have polar opposites again, here you have people that are uh, seeking meaning uh, in just different ways. So it doesn't mean that he doesn't want to solve the case, but he is he has his hand out to Tom, and he, it's not in the capacity of a police officer, in my opinion, but it's not also uh, in a, a homosexual uh, way. And I think that's where some people could have jumped to that. I don't think it was unfair to jump to, but right. you have to wonder, where does this closeness derive from? Yeah. And in a show like this that makes you ask so many questions, really nothing's ruled out. He could be a lizard person. And it's, it also, it's also the setting, like you're talking about, Justin, when you're bringing up the kind of social commentary that is inherent within this season of this show. Um, so much of the racial tensions, um, the the kind of feminist nature of Amelia's desire to be herself standing on her own, even though this book is connected to her husband, the dynamics of their relationship, where he feels like a kind of man that has no power, right? Where he feels emasculated by her, which is a big thing in our society today. Um, And um, 
going into the whether or not Roland is gay or Tom was gay or Tom didn't know if he was gay, you know, we don't know, right? We just, yeah. but we do know one thing about Roland is he seems to really care about people. And that's an yeah. interesting perspective that you bring to it, Justin, that, you know, just because Roland obviously had relationships with women, we saw that he was immediately attracted to the woman at the church gathering, right? All of his dialogue in the first few episodes were yeah, literally about, about women. So he about. doesn't, yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. I remember, I think when we first talked about it. Yeah. So it's not, so the idea, I think it was a red herring putting the show on purpose, right? That he ends yeah. up and he says, I got nothing. You got a wife, you got a kid. And maybe the reason he has nothing is because Roland has spent the, his whole life helping other people. And yeah. he was trying so that, to help Tom. That's why people can come around to the conclusion that, oh, this is the actions of a yes. uh, of a uh, guilty man. But I, what I really like about what he says to Tom is, so what I really like about this with uh, Roland and Tom is that we have uh, what we talked about before. We have a good example of what has to be done in these types of uh, stories and in real life, these cases. You have to question everybody this is where your uh dramatica comes into play with your all your different uh povs all of your different uh you know insights into other people's perception so right here we question to a point now i was never hardcore on the whole uh roland has to be up to something because he's just too mm -hmm. clean mm -hmm. but there's definitely uh some validity to that and it might end up hey being true but you have to question everything so you have to think why are people doing the things they do and i, I think that uh howard brings up some good points here and i always take this is just my personal opinion but i really do enjoy when uh these creators clarify things um with the media because i think it's really a the best insight you can get into what they're trying to convey because obviously they felt strong enough to during the run of this show make those yeah, comments yeah. because they felt they must feel like it's taking away from what they're trying yeah, to tell I, you. I, I, you know what? I can see that Justin, I guess I am just always a fan of the work speaking for itself. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's not a great sign yeah. That yeah. for them because if they have to tell you True. what they're trying to Good say, point, they buddy. say it. Uh, and that's why I get mad narrative. at the Westworld real, you know, uh, not to go off, but when they lie to fans about people coming back and all that, then you can't, then when they want to make a statement about something they want to properly convey, you don't know to believe them, but you'll go on here. Um, you know, I really want to just pick up on one thing you said about Amelia and Hayes. Did you notice that there is that moment in the last episode where, you know, cause she's had, has her ambition, which he takes issue with. Um, but she is worried about her possible second, the prospect of that second book hurting his career, right? Yes, you're right. You're right. She is. And she, she, she bring, actually in the last episode, there were two scenes where she makes ref, they show the origin of the book and then mm -hmm. they show her talking about the second book, you know, and yeah. he, and he has different attitudes at that point, but also seems equally less interested in kind of talking about it with her, which yeah. seems to be the problem of their relationship is she's always trying to like, let's talk about this. What do you do? Like, 
this could affect your, and he, and then in the beginning, he's kind of like, oh, whatever, the truth isn't going to get out. And he doesn't think about how it's going to affect their relationship. Whereas that's been something that she's thought about from the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on. That's what I'm thinking. Because what she says to him is, well, aren't you worried this? I don't want to hurt your career. And his motivation from my point of view is no, go ahead and do it. Somebody has to get the truth out because he has ran out of options. So he isn't doing this for her sake. Oh, good point. point. Now, again, neither of these approaches are right or wrong, but, and I'm not a psychologist, but you know, he, in my opinion is he just, again, this shows that he is trying to do anything he can to solidify his worth in this world, you know, um, through this case. And if that, if that means taking that book that he is, you know, not been too great about, and in my opinion, that's the only flaw in this season is I I found it a little bit, uh, just, I I felt like they kind of drug out their negativity between them, especially Mm, with the dinner scene. Like I got the vibe that they didn't have the best relationship and I didn't need it driven home so much. I was like, man, it's I like agree. I'm starting to think Michelle uh, Lee is just like a a prick. Like yeah. like I'm gonna have trouble seeing him in a different <laughs> light. I'm like I I know that he's acting, but I'm like they're really driving this home. I but, know, but right? Don't I you want to want to shake him for a second, Justin, and be like, my God, appreciate your wife. Like she not only is she super, she's a teacher, she's smart, she was writing a book, she's interested in your career, right? Wants to be a part of it. She's absolutely gorgeous right? She's so mm-hmm. well-spoken and interesting to talk to. And he is such a curmudgeon, but we have the background for why that is. Look at the life he had and his time in Vietnam. And we don't even know about his upbringing or there's so many parts of the life we don't know, but what we do know is one of pain and one of that's kind of how their relationship. And maybe that was their initial attraction, right? That she in a way yeah. wanted to heal him and take care of him. And, and uplift well, I would him, make, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I would say that uh, I would make the argument that if this tragedy didn't happen, there's no way they'd be together. Mm, that true. they both were attracted to this case. And this Good case is the reason for their relationship. But this case is also the reason for their demise, mm. uh, the, the relationship. And that the... <laughs> the, the the actual drive for him to encourage her to further her work isn't to benefit her, right? It, it is, it's to benefit him. He's yeah. not like, oh, I just want you to uh, go and follow your dreams. No, it's like, he's like, fuck, everything I'm doing isn't working. So yeah, go ahead and do it. It's like a last resort. Yeah. And we see this a lot. We start to see them follow up, right? We see them um, go too far with Harris. We see them, you know, possibly get rid of the only person that has uh, the truth uh, at their disposal at the moment. You know, we, we see Hayes, especially, I think lose control in this last episode in the earlier uh, timelines. We see, we see him just, he he's been the hunter, right? But it it seems that it's heavily, heavily implied that he might've been so focused on that hunt. He didn't realize that there is the bigger game tracking him because the the you know dialogue at the very end there Point, was yeah. don't don't you think i've uh, been patient enough with you yeah that's true he's dictating terms yeah. that he's not the boar is outside and telling you to get your ass out there nice. right that's a good get point, out Justin. there you call it from the cop's house the cop that you know we think oh if he could only get his hands on hoyt right if he could only 
well, he's gonna, and it's really not on his terms. He was like, can I come out and play tomorrow? He's like, get your ass out here. Yeah. So I think it's a really interesting take on that. Um, and let me go back into uh, these comments. from. Um, yeah, I can hit these three, man. Uh, Howard has three quick points, which we've been discussing on the show. He says, clearly the white ghosts are Isabel Hoyt and Mr. June, a.k.a. Watt. I totally agree with that, Howard. I think that we should take that to be the truth. Uh, Howard continues, I'm starting to think the pumpkin lady neighbor, Margaret, didn't play a part in any of it. She's just Lucy's best friend in a neighborhood busybody. I agree with that too, Howard. I think that this, I think in the end, and we're on the same tip here, Howie, there's a more red herrings here on, on, on the side of this investigation. And the truth is probably going to be a lot simpler. Um, now he continues. This was something that I did not pick up on. And thank you very much. As for the significance of the landscaper's truck, Outside the girl's halfway house with Ardoin lettered on the side. That's the missing kid's friend who was interviewed earlier in the show as an adolescent. Since he had a crush on Julie, I bet he still had feelings as an adult and helped her run away from that halfway house after she somehow escaped from the pink room dungeon in the Hoyd estate. Hopefully this will be confirmed Sunday. That is awesome, Howard. That totally makes sense. I remember that missing kid's friend that he was interviewed by the cop. And I think he was a student of Amelia's, right? Yes. So that is a great pickup, bro. And I think that makes total sense. And I love it. Yeah, I love that too. And I didn't pick up on that. And that that cements that down because yeah. you don't have anything in a, in a series that isn't necessary. So that, you know, the the name on the, on the truck, the interview initially, those all happened for a reason. And Howard picked up on what that was. What is her connection? Obviously all the connections to her old home are gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's also who benefits off of the death of, um, of Tom and of, I'm blank at Lisa, right? Yes. Lisa. Uh, we oh, have the, to mo think the mother, the mother, that are connected Lucy. to this case yeah. that, that are interested in finding Julie are dead. Mm -hmm. That leaves me to have to conclude that they want to get rid of the source of interest in this case, right? You want to get rid of the people that are vying for truth, people that are um, possibly um, implicated, uh, implicated in this whole case as well. So yeah, I really like that from him. That's awesome. Um, Howard continues, I'm still trying to figure out why we were shown highlighted sections of Amelia's book. I've attached screenshots, which he has. I'll put the, I should put those on the website, um, which show she was writing about an automobile accident involving Olivia and Ed. Perhaps that's referring to Edward Hoyt. Any thoughts? I thought it was. I thought that this was the accident that killed um, the Hoyt kid and husband you you remember the name of hoyt's daughter i always forget her name oh justin you no, said it no. before anyway i think that is i looked at the what you put in there howard and i think that that is referring to that um and yes. i think that's and they don't, again don't show these things for no reason right. rather good exactly rather. and that's because it because what's that going to end up being the reason for everything right is this yeah. accident is, is that this, this rich woman 
his dad wanted to make her happy and he used everything within his means to make her happy. And I think that's why, that's why this is a little bit different than season one and a little bit different, not a little bit, a lot different than season two. I think in the end, we're going to find out that this story at its base is one where people thought they were doing something good, not a bunch of pedophiles stealing children. Yes, because the monsters that we yeah. always uh, create, unfortunately for us, because our lives would be a lot easier if they were real, are not. The the yeah. people that do horrible things, like have, this is an example of a fictional one, but again, sadly, this is something that has happened time and time again. Uh, there is always a, a side of that story that doesn't make it right, but it's not the monster yes, that you thought it was. Exactly. It, because nobody is sitting around twirling their mustache you know, plotting and bickering, uh, the cartoon uh, evil character doesn't exist. And I think that, you know, we have to look at, again, why people would be motivated to do what they do. Um, we, we see here a, a good example of uh, the connection with uh, Will and the Hoyts is, is kind of weak, right? it's not as strong with Julie because obviously that's pretty much confirmed with the pink room and, and so forth. But we have to believe that somebody was present at Will's death that knew Will well enough to put him into that position. Meaning, you know, they, they were familiar with yeah, the church. I think they were playing with, um, Oh, you think, you think that the, you think the priest has something to do with it? No, what I'm saying is I think that the Hoyts were trying to make, uh, uh, Julie, feel comfortable and, and yes. they were trying to console her. So they said, you know, we'll, we'll make him, I think it was an accident. Uh, obviously it's not okay, but again, I, it's pretty uh, widely believed that he was not the aim and they've said it in the show. Yes, you know, the will wasn't. Yes. It was, but, an you know, like we have to think, why would people be doing this? Why would there be a power structure uh, that, that is trying to suppress information in all this. And it's fun to do these theories about these big cults and all these, unfortunately, again, real life, uh, incidents with very powerful people having sex slaves in yeah. all this terrible stuff. Oh yeah. But that's in, in the news today, today, isn't it? That's in the news just today. You're right. And, yeah. and people are attracted to those big conspiracies. And Justin, you make a great point because I think in the vein of, of wanting to speak about the social issues and what kind of commentary this season is making, I think one of the commentaries that this season might be making, and it's actually, it's uh, Howard's last point that he doesn't think Roland played any part in the cover-up. He just kind of let it happen by rights of being a cop who was a good cop and, and listened to his superiors and played the game, you know, which Wayne was not. Um, but I think that a part of this season is kind of saying um, it's not a conspiracy. Like a lot of times, even the, the consp a, a good thing, an interesting thing to remember about conspiracies is most conspiracies are formed to cover a simple action, one simple action. And then it's yeah. the conspiracy that winds out of control. Whereas the initial cause of it, of the creation of it is rather simple. And I think that in this case, it's not super simple, it's, but it is in the sense that it's a father wanting to make his daughter happy. And yes. that's kind of, and that sounds like a good story, but I think 
as you look at storytelling too, Justin, and see how stories are crafted, when you can start with a simple idea like that and pervert it and see how humans change it and what happens around it, that's kind of the most interesting thing. And that's what I like about this season. And that's what I didn't want as well. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Absolutely. I thought season two was too crazy with all the things happening in LA and it wasn't, I liked how they had it about like uh, Ray Velcro and his son. <laughs> and if it had been more about Ray Velcro and his son, I might've liked that season more. The Velcros. But, yeah. He but think a- about season one though. <laughs> think about what they say in the very last episode when uh, Matthew McConaughey says, we, you know, there's still more out there. He goes, we're never going to get them all. Yeah. You know, and yep. that gives a validity to the bigger uh, conspiracy. And I, I would say there's a 10% chance that they do something in my opinion, that would be uh, unfortunate. And, and they do, uh, less than 10% actually, because I'm about to bring up a point here uh, that they do do a whole little, like it is this evil corporation, you know, yeah. because, okay. Hoyt's food is, that's pretty much, uh, I think, is it Swanson's that was there or, uh, there, there's a real, uh, company there that was, uh, pretty, everything that happened there in the nineties was not great, but Tyson, it, um, chicken. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. You know, like there's the picture of Bill Clinton with uh, Roland and so forth to kind of feed into that as well. Like this could go as far as the president who is a reptile as well. He's one of the reptilians. Uh, you know, you can get crazy with it. But the, the thing is, <laughs> there's a lot of reptilians today Harris, on this podcast. <laughs> when they when they are um, implying the Harris, you know, through beating him, that there's this sex cult in the sex ring. Yes. He laughs at them like they couldn't be further from the truth. Right. This is a man that is. Pretty aware, in my opinion, he's going to die, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's done this. He's been there. Uh, Not a great guy, Harris. But uh, but when they say this to him, he it's literally like you guys don't have a clue, do you? He's shocked by how off they are, in my opinion. Um, And again, nothing good is happening. But unfortunately, it's not this little monster that we can find and then, you know, cast away. It could be, Justin, you bring up great points too, because when you look at all the people who died, okay, so you think about um, Harris, you think about Dan, the cousin, right? Will, the yep. kid. Um, you think about the, uh, the, the, the Native American Vietnam vet who shot everybody up, the trash can guy, right? Yep. All of these situations could be linked by kind of the sadness and misunderstanding of what happened. Oh, and Tom too. He could have killed himself. It could be, I'm going into this uh, finale thinking to myself, it could end up that this is some crazy conspiracy, which I don't think it is, or that literally all of these people were damaged people and the the only people who actually killed somebody were Roland and Purple Haze, <laughs> right? They killed well, Harris, yeah. and all the they, other people were accidentally like in a situation. Like even he was kind of accidentally not really. You don't accidentally kill someone when you torture them and it goes wrong. That's I you, did by you know. accident. Well, we're not going to talk about that on the. We don't want to get that in public, Justin. That's for the, that's for when we do when Netflix covers your case, and then I cover yeah. that on the podcast. Then I'll go on yeah, to YouTube. It's called. We definitely <laughs> caught a murderer. We uh, caught him. It's I, Justin. Yeah, think, 
think about these people like you said yeah. you said it perfectly there how damaged they are yep. look at uh, uh um lisa or, or lucy yeah. lucy sorry yeah. look at lucy i'm having tech problems it's here okay. my video went away i can still hear you so i'm getting nervous it's gonna go out but uh yeah lucy notice how she went from talking about how the kids should be happy for me that implies that she felt like she should do something to give them a better life because she right. had that shame about herself. I mean, she kept saying that I have a soul of a whore and all mm-hmm. this. She was a woman that didn't have a lot of pride. I had a lot of shame had very yes. low self-esteem, mental illness, drug addiction. And it's very, very like Tom that- as yeah, yeah. It's like down the list as did, as did her cousin. Uh, they all had drug and alcohol and problem, you know? So how could they justify these actions? Meaning giving, possibly giving, giving Julie to them. Yes. How, how would they justify this? I think you could see them justifying this in their minds very easily because they do think it'd be better, it'd but be then better they life. went wrong. Things went bad. Yep. I, I think all these signs, meaning like that's why I brought up Will's uh, placement again, because those to me, we, yes, we can look at that as, Oh my God, this is some cult behavior because we want to assign a monster to this. Yeah. Uh, and again, these are not good. And they could have all killed reality, themselves. Yeah. It's like you said, it's just one thing went bad and then it just kept going bad and it was never a good plan in the first place. But it, it, again, is not this huge scheme that we can just um, smoke out and then kill the monster and get rid of the the issues of today, like uh, Roland kind of says in that yeah. one episode. And I think, you know <laughs> what? You solve all the issues of race in the front yard. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, evidence for this being some very, very explainable, at least to the individual people mm-hmm. themselves, in a strain of events that connect them together that might um justify conspiracy uh you know being the proper vernacular but it's not like this crazy cult in this like whole scheme that goes all the way to the top it's a lot of people that might have in their head did bad things for a good reason yes and that's so often what happens in life isn't it and i i also think it makes me think that, you know, there's that fa- that famous book, what's it called? Confederacy of Dunces. And uh, it's like, this is like a conspiracy of dunces, as we may be seeing writ large in our uh, society and government today, where what appears to be, could be some great conspiracy is actually a bunch of people haphazardly attempting to profit off of things themselves save themselves, cover up for themselves and others. And it ends up looking like it's some grand conspiracy when what it really is, is just people who have absolutely no idea what they're doing. And they're very sad, damaged, lonely, mentally disabled people, which is kind of evident in this because this whole family, I mean, look, both of these parents had very deep issues, right? It's arguable that with alcohol uh, and drugs and, you know, so... Tom maybe lost what he felt uh, was his parental right before they even left because of his issues with his, uh, you know, suppressed feelings and the possibility that that biologically they weren't even his kids. I'm not saying that he wasn't their dad, people. I'm just saying that these are what we have to uh, look at these these emotions and, and factor in, because, again, it's never just this clean story of there's a bad man that did bad things. 
there's a story that sometimes unfortunately hits all too close to home for literally everybody because how many times do you hear people say, I'd do anything for my kid? True. Well, true that. Hoyt, Hoyt, Hoyt maybe just did anything for, and I'm not justifying it, but I think what we need to look at for a final uh, uh, prediction is Chekhov's gun, quite literally, with uh, uh, nice. Hayes's gun. Hayes's and we've gun. talked about this before. Well, that was you, the gun that killed Harris. Yes, but do you think right. that we he have? I don't know that he Harris did he grab that? No, because that that was his service revolver. Oh, okay, maybe I'm wrong. You're right. Maybe I that's, have to check maybe there's something I, else I, there. I don't know for sure. I do. There think could it's be. Hey, Justin, you know what, man? There was a clue that Heath brought up, which was the scene when he drops his daughter off to college. Why was that there? And is that going to connect somehow to something that happened with these cases that didn't happen in 1980, 1990, or 2015, but happened in between? And that yeah. that moment opens us up to maybe this last episode cluing us into something that we totally didn't see. And again, I do want to bring up the idea of the unreliable narrator, how much of this is actually true. How much of it is memory? How much of it is false memory? But listen, man, I do have to say, I have to get going to pick up the little guy. Yeah. Um, is there any final words that you want yeah. to give? Yeah. With um, with the daughter, I think one important note to touch on is that she says, once uh, you start lifting something heavy, you'll be okay. And that that speaks to, again, what I'm talking about with the way he, he handles his life in general. Um, you know, he just immerses himself in work, right? Yeah. To uh, suppress his, the daughter, I think is it's, it's a timestamp to show us that she was still there at a certain point. I do think it's going to factor in. My only last thought, and what I was uh, trying to get at with you, probably not in the best way, is: Do you think it's a possible outcome that Hayes uh, does not make it out of this alive? And do you think it's possible that we might see, because it's very interesting to me that the current timeline isn't current, right? It's 2015. Mm. You, you think mean we that see it could be all fake and he died in 1990? No, 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 no. I don't, I do not subscribe okay. whatsoever. And it's, it's really a lot to do with just, I, I hate that type of storytelling. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to say that. But uh, I, I don't think that we're seeing uh, anything that is literally not happening. Okay. I think all of okay. the confusion with Hayes, is uh confusion meaning do you think that we will see 2018 or 19 and that we could see Hayes um possibly not make it out of this alive either by his own hand or somebody else's pa yeah i do think so i think that could be his end you know um uh, and i think that in many ways like you said with that checkoff's gun that could be he ends himself with that that in a sense um because we're dealing with time we assume that something happened with that gun in the past. And what it might be is the traditional Chekhov's gun, right? That something is going to happen with that gun in our story presently. And that could be what happens. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so far off that. And maybe, maybe that's the end that he desires. You know, it seems like so much of his life has been violent and been self harming you know that maybe that's the way it ends and it's sad though it's sad though and i do want to say um before we get going here 
I do want to just take a moment to thank Howard again. Howard, thank you so much for the email. We're going to touch upon these points when when uh, Heath and I talk again next week. But to answer your question, um, I think it's very possible, Justin. Yeah, very possible. Yeah, it would be the uh, a very blatant abuse of Chekhov's gun. It, it, it fits it in every sense <laughs> of the word because uh, his son did bring it up again last episode. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, if they don't do it, I'm literally going to go and protest. But yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry, it's been a little, little bit all over the place. I currently okay. am looking at two blank monitors, so I don't know what's happening. I think my computer finally succumbed to the bit torrents that I download. Maybe, oh. um, yeah, I apologize if this is a little bit uh, no. messy. So, Not yeah, at all, but thanks man. for having me on. Make sure to subscribe to my channel. Make sure to keep listening to Axel and looking forward to it, man. I uh, we'll, we'll see how this case uh, ends up cracking out. Yeah, baby. Well, yes, Justin, thank you so much for everything. It's been a great conversation, brother. I'm sure we'll clear this all up in editing and it'll sound super fantastic and spiffy. Like there were no issues whatsoever because I feel like there weren't anyway. Excited. Great time, man. But yeah, everybody go over and subscribe to Justin's channel. You can check us out at DVR Podcast if you haven't done that. Uh, you can subscribe to True Detective or give us a review. Uh, we really appreciate it. I don't know what I'm going to be covering next. I don't know. May, may, I, I've been trying to fit something in between Game of Thrones, this and Game of Thrones, but I don't know if I'm going to. I think I might just dive into a rewatch of Game of Thrones or something. We only got like a month and a half to go. So I might be diving into that, and I'm sure Justin and I will have a lot to talk about in Game of Thrones. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks again, Justin. Thank you to Howard for your fantastic email. It's much appreciated, my friend. And uh, we'll check you all out on Monday. Peace!